This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. Hello, everyone. My name is Erin Trelor, and I am the host of Raw Beauty Talks. We're taking you behind the highlight reel of the world's biggest influencers and wellness gurus to get a raw glimpse of what beauty, health, and wellness look like in today's world so that you can feel your absolute best in your body and in your life. Hello, Raw Beauties. I am incredibly excited for today's interviewee. Her name is Mia King, and she has graced the covers of countless ad campaigns worldwide, including Guess, Chanel, Vidal Sassoon, Nike, to name a few. She debuted in the U.S., um, as part of the esteemed Sports Illustrated swimsuit issue. To tell you the truth, I didn't know you from your modeling days. What caught my eye was the story that you've been telling over on your Instagram page, which is Mia, M-I-A, Kang, K-A-N-G. So go follow her right now, check it out. Uh, which, In which you are such an advocate for healthy body image, anti-bullying, uh, female empowerment, fitness. You're an incredible Mai Tai boxer, um, or sorry, would you would you say boxer, or do you say yeah, Mai Tai Mai Tai fighter, Mai Tai boxer, Mai Tai fighter. That's so badass. <laughs> I love it. You're you just are doing so much for women right now, and I have to say, as somebody who idolized models. And I would get every one of those Sports Illustrated swimsuit issues and just obsess over the bodies of the girls in those magazines. It is so refreshing to hear your side of the story behind all of these glam images. It is really, really game-changing. And I know it's helping so many girls. So for those people who are listening right now who don't know your background, I read and I was shocked by this that when you were a child, you were overweight and bullied. Yes, I was. Um, I, I grew up in Hong Kong and I grew up as I was the fat kid in the class. Um, and I got bullied. I didn't have friends. Um, and when I was 13, I developed anorexia and I totally not consciously, I just, I wanted to lose weight and I didn't know what to do. Um, and so I stopped eating and it worked. And so that's how, um, I developed eating disorders. And then when I lost, uh, I lost like a third of my body weight, um, very quickly. And when I lost weight, I got scouted as a model. And so my life changed <sighs> very, very quickly, like actually extremely like as fast as it could possibly change. I was kind of thrown in the deep end. Um, and then, you know, it was like the same boys that bullied me were then, you know, asking me out to go to the dance with them. And um, yeah, I started, I suddenly, you know, was in magazines and um, I kind of had to grow up very fast and learn at such a young age that, um, you know, how the world treats you differently just because of your size. And so... Um, Sorry, my cat just like ran in and just totally threw me off. She stole the show. <laughs> she stole the show. <laughs> um, no, so I think it's really important for uh, for the. I thought it for that message to to be out there because 
you know, the, the problem isn't our bodies and the problem isn't our size and us as women, we really, we've been so conditioned to think that our self-esteem is attached to our body image. Um, and I just, I think that's so important to, to kind of get it out there that that's completely false. I mean, it's, it's understandable as to why we believe that just listening to your story. It's like, you're 13 years old, you lose a third of your body weight and all of a sudden you're scouted to be a model and the boys are interested in you. I mean, how did that impact your self-esteem and where you were looking to find your self-worth just in that, in that short period of time? I mean, I, to be honest, I completely lost myself. I, I didn't understand, you know, at 13 years old, you you really don't understand much. I was just happy that, that I had the attention kind of. Yeah. As you would be. Situation. Um, but as I, and I really got caught up in it and I really thought that this is what's important in life is all this validation and, you know, all the, all the punishment that I was doing to my body was being validated by everybody around me and I was being financially, you know, rewarded for it. And I was being put on in advertisements. And I, so that just perpetuated it even more until I really completely lost myself, um, not only in the eating disorders, but in this like deep insecurity where you're in need of this constant validation of smaller is better, if that makes any sense. Yeah. I'm always fascinated by the fact that so many of the models are really young. Like you started when you're 13 13, and are likely modeling a wide assortment of items looking and being presented as if you're much older. Absolutely. Yeah. It's really bizarre. (laughs) Like now that I, especially now that I'm old, I never, I'm 31 now. And I never thought that I would still be modeling at 31 because of exactly this, because we're told, you know, you start when you're a teenager and you'd probably wrap it up by the time you're 24, 25. Um, and it's crazy to think that women within that age range are supposed to represent all of us. Mm. You you know what I mean? It's like, it's super bizarre. So yeah, I, I was super young. And the the craziest part of it is that when I was 27, everybody wanted me to look like when I was 17, but as a woman, your body changes. So when I was, you know, we're like bound to these contracts or your measurements have to stay the same. And you know, you're supposed to look consistent throughout your career. And it's crazy starting at 13 and having this like extremely adolescent body. And then, you know, that's not very shapely and I hadn't developed, you know, curves or breasts yet. And then to have that same pressure kept on you as you grow and your body's trying to change and, you know, you're trying to fight it and it just makes you develop new insecurities, more insecurities, heightens your insecurities. It's, it's crazy because people generally look at models and think, wow, you guys must be the com- most confident people in the world, you know, but the reality is in my experience, and I can speak for myself is that we're some of the most insecure people you'll ever meet because of this, because our flaw- so-called flaws are constantly being pointed out to us on a daily basis. And you're constantly being told how you should look. And, you know, the standard of beauty is literally held at your throat. It's like your livelihood. Um, So it's super intense. And then at such a young age, when you, when I grew up in that, that's really all that I knew. Um, Yeah. It's super damaging. Crazy. Incredibly, incredibly damaging. I mean, everyone who's listening right now, just, Think back to when you were 13 years old, like try and remember approximately around that age, your school, high school photo that you would have had taken. And then compare that to the woman that you were when you were 27. 
I mean, for most of us, that is like worlds apart. A lot of people right. still have braces. I didn't have boobs until I was like 15. And so I, I mean, my body was completely different at that stage. Completely. I mean, and I can second the fact that at, I struggled with anorexia too. With, at my thinnest weight, I was by far the most unhappy, anxiety-ridden, obsessive about my body that I've ever been in my entire life. And so Same. it was- I, I think like as, as I meet people that have struggled with eating disorders, I feel like that's the common thing is that we all kind of think that the smaller we'll be, the happier we'll be. And we all kind of share that common um, like- that misery almost of yeah. like, you know, the smaller I was, the more cripplingly miserable I got. Mm. Do you think there are models out there that don't have disordered eating and they're just like, yeah, you know, there are, frames? there definitely, there definitely are. There's a lot of models out there that are just genetically, literally genetically look that way. Um, and I've met tons of models that eat whatever they want and they, they just look like that. But a lot of us, don't. And a lot of us are still naturally gorgeous, but because yes. of this made up standard, you just need to be two centimeters smaller, or you just need, your hips need to be just a little, like it, it becomes extremely specific. Yeah. Um, and do you find now, do you, sorry to interrupt. Do you find now at, you said you're 31 and you're still modeling that, and you're also on this, this journey of overcoming your eating disorders and advocating for a healthy body image. How are you navigating that in the world of modeling now? Like, do you have people who are telling you, you should change your body? Do you just work with clients now who are accepting of you as you are? And let's just, let's just be real here. You have an incredible body as every woman does, but it's not like you're, um, super overweight or anything like that. You just have more curves and you've got some boobs. You've got some boobs. Then <laughs> you're like size negative two model, right? Yeah. I, I mean, it's honestly a little bit of both. I, I, so for me, I decided that I was going to recover from my eating disorders and I was going to get healthy and I wanted to, uh, I, I decided that I deserved to be happy and healthy and I wanted to come back to the modeling industry and advocate for a change because something needs to change. Something is like in, inherently wrong in the fashion industry that when I was insecure, sick and miserable, I was rewarded with jobs and I was put on billboards and in magazines. Surely the woman that we want in our magazines and on our billboards is happy and healthy and secure. And I couldn't understand that the only thing separating these two women was literally a number on a scale. So I kind of came back to the fashion industry wanting to, to, to advocate for change. And I kind of knew that, oh, listen, if this isn't accepted and if I just lose all my clients and, and stop working, then so be it. Then I will move on to something else because modeling doesn't define me, but I'm going to give it a go. And it was met with some resistance and some acceptance. I was lucky that I had some clients that were super supportive and, you know, were just really on board with supporting women and representing different women's bodies of every capacity, you know, in all sizes and it doesn't quite matter. And I was booked for being me and the things that I stand for and not for my size and necessarily what, you know, what the 
the number on the little tag on the back of my dress red. Um, but at the same time, the industry is so far from truly diverse. There's a thriving plus size industry and then there's a thriving sample size industry and there's nothing in between. And so when I came in somewhere in between the two, I was told by agents, by clients, you either need to gain weight or you need to lose weight now. You can't be in the middle, no. which is bizarre, which is so bizarre. <laughs> no, I believe it though. I'm, I'm really leaning into what you said. Don't we want healthy, happy women and individuals on our billboards? Like, Why are we selling and celebrating this ideal of starvation and and obsession and like anxiety. I mean, it is incredibly broken and I just want to give huge props to you for um, going back into a, into a world that I'm sure was very triggering in moments for somebody who's on the road to recovery, uh, but to create change because that's how it happens. Women like you who are fighting for that. Fast forward to the end of 2024. Think of your goals for a second. What can you do right now to give yourself the best chance of succeeding? If you want to learn a new language, you absolutely should get Babbel. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that really don't help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversation, and Babbel's tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teachings so you're ready to practice what you learned in the real world. If you're heading to another country anytime soon, start using Babbel a few weeks before you go to learn basics like how to order food, ask for directions, speak to merchants without having to consult language apps while you're away. So fun. Here's a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash raw beauty talks. Get 55% off at babbel.com slash raw beauty talks. That's spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash talks. Rules and restrictions may apply. This episode is brought to you by Lola V, an award-winning hair care line founded by the fabulous Jennifer Aniston. Jen got tired of the same old struggle we all face, choosing between hair products that work and ones that are actually good for us. With Lola V, that dilemma is history. We all put our hair through the ringer. That's why it's crucial to have products that not only repair the look of the damage, but also shield your locks from future harm. Enter Lola V's bestsellers, the Glossing Detangler and the Perfecting Leave-In Conditioner. They're your hair's new best friend. Friends. For a limited time, you get 15% off your entire order at lolavie.com. Just use the code RAWBEAUTYTALKS at checkout. Lolavie is all about naturally derived plant-based goodness, no silicone, sulfates, parabens, or gluten, and of course, cruelty-free and vegan. That's 15% off your order at lolavie.com with promo code RAWBEAUTYTALKS. You can only use one promo code per order and discounts can't be combined. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Tell them I sent you a over. I love this post that you have on your Instagram page that you regrammed from a woman named Lauren Cadillac. It says, I used to think I was just kind of a rude and snippy person. Like that was my personality. Turns out I was actually pretty nice. I was just hungry, over-exercising and obsessed with how my body looked for over half my life. And <laughs> I just laughed though. at that. I was like, yeah, no wonder you were rude and snippy and like, 
and had, because you were starving. It makes so much sense, right? We have a word for that now. It's called hangry and everyone knows about it. <laughs> it's so true though. It's so, I feel like I'm a different person. Do you know what I mean? Like, I feel like mm. I suppressed my entire personality. I'm sure you, you can relate to this, right? Like, mm -hmm. don't you feel like you suppressed your personality and because you were just, it was just food or you know, yeah. or a lack of on my mind all the time and what I look like and what I was going to weigh and, you know, what I was going to eat next instead of actually being myself and living and enjoying my life. Yes. I mean, I would say for sure it absolutely stole my joy. I be became a lot more serious and like sullen. I remember listening to God knows what kind of music, but my youngest sister was like, why do you always listen to such sad music? And I was like, <laughs> I guess it's like speaking to my 17 year old self and my like <laughs> sad soul in this moment, but I am just so much happier now. And, and I want that for other women, which is exactly why I love to pull women like you who've been there and are now on the other side to hear sort of all about that journey. So I'm curious, I just want to back up for a second. So you said you came to this decision, like I'm done with being this way. I deserve to be healthy and happy. So then what? Because a lot of women are kind of standing on that precipice where they're like, I'm, I'm done with this like constant cycle of dieting or um, this voice in my head that's obsessing about what I'm eating. But then actually figuring out how to get out of that is, is tricky. Yeah, it's a lot easier said than done for sure. <laughs> um, but f I really fell into it also. First of all, I hit total rock bottom, like total, total rock bottom. I was probably at the peak of my career, like looking at it from the outside. Mm -hmm. um, this one, I, you know, I just done my first issue of Sports Illustrated Swimsuit and I was oh. in a bunch of campaigns. And um, I, rem I actually got a phone call from my agent that told me, you know, I just booked this campaign but they want me to starve for 10 days before the shoot just to like really shrink down as much as possible. And that unfortunately was very normal in my world. Um, but for some reason I burst into tears when I got that call. And I think just everything in my entire existence was resisting doing this. Like my body, my emotions, my mind, everything was just like, really, again, we have to do this again. Um, and so I did it. And then I asked for a vacation. I needed 10 days to just like eat and cry and like just be human for a second. And I came to Thailand and I happened to drive past a Muay Thai gym and I walked in and I said, I want to try. And then I loved it. And then I started coming back every day. And then I was pushing back going, I was calling my agent saying, you know, I'm just going to stay another week. I'm just going to stay another week. I started coming twice a day and then I ended up moving into the gym and I stayed there for six months. What? Um, and <laughs> what? <yeah. laughs> what? Hold on a second. <laughs> Had you ever done Muay Thai before? No, like, was this no, like something? Never. Oh my never. God. This was like right, divine I just, intervention. Like, moved in <laughs> and I, I packed up my bags and I moved into this like gym that I literally found on the side of the road and nobody spoke English and I didn't even care because I, it was just this whole new world where nobody gave a shit about what I look like. It mm. was totally irrelevant. <laughs> and yes. um, I was, I found this thing that I, that I was just so passionate about. And I ended up really learning to respect my body. I was kind of shown 
all these things that I never ever thought that I could do, even like run a mile or do a push up or right. you know, let alone fight another human being. Like I I was learning, I really like fell into martial arts and I was like learning about myself and learning to respect my body because look at what it can do. And I just completely let go and forgot about the fact that I'm a model. I completely forgot and didn't think about what I'm supposed to look like or, 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 or about what I look like. It's same, I mean, I, I went there with like, I had two sports bras and a bikini and a pair of flip flops. <laughs> like I wasn't thinking about at all about what I was supposed to look like or what, or care about what I look like. I was just so immersed in this, in this sport. And I, you know, was living with these little TIE fighters who were teaching me how to eat, which is so insane. At 27 years old, I didn't know how to feed myself three meals a day. And they were literally trying to tell me, you know, after training, you have to eat carbs because we eat rice. So we have energy for the next training. And, uh, you know, they, we'd eat snacks together and I'd buy a sleeve of Oreos and I'd eat the whole sleeve of Oreos because that's what I'm used to starving and binging. Yeah. And they were like, what is wrong with you? Why aren't you just eating like two and putting them away? <laughs> like, you know, I, 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 it was a crazy experience, but I really just learned to respect my body. And I learned that it's capable of amazing things if you just nurture it and love it and feed it. Mm. And, um, that kind of opened my eyes and, and, and started my journey. But I really, I really let go of like all societal expectations. Like I took it to the extreme. I moved to an island on the other side of the world. <laughs> and like, you know, I'm not saying that everybody needs yeah. to do that in order to find their self-worth and their self-respect. But honestly, it starts with that, I think. I think it starts with once you can respect yourself, you know that you deserve better and you know that you deserve nothing but health and happiness. And in order to do that, you need to get to know yourself. You need to know what your insecurities are. You need to get comfortable with them because they're not going anywhere. You need to realize that even when those insecurities go, new ones come, we will always have insecurities. So it's about really just getting comfortable with who you are in the inside and understanding that our bodies are going to change. They are, it's inevitable. Like we can't attach our self-esteem to our body image. We have to let that go and separate the two. Oh, preach sister. There's just so much information coming at women right now from social media and from blog posts and from different health professionals that it can feel very hard to even know what healthy is now. Like is healthy doing keto? Is healthy intermittent fasting? Is healthy coffee? Are we allowed to have one glass of wine? Are we not supposed to? Should we be eating vegan? Right. Like it's endless and constantly changing. So I'm curious to know for you, what is healthy for your body? And I want everyone to remember right now who's listening, um, that I really believe that health looks different for everybody and that everybody is unique. So there are 7.7 plus billion people on the earth. So what's right for Mia isn't going to be right for you, but I'm always, I always love to hear what like healthy feels like and looks like for you. Uh, in right. There's so, there's so many different variables involved when it comes to health, including like genetics and lifestyle and yes. you know, your occupation and where you live, climate just so much. So I hate to ever compare two people's idea of health because it is very different for every single person. But yeah. for me, I have, I'm happy to be in a place where I can eat intuitively. And that means 
eat what I want to eat. And people always think that when you say, oh, I eat what I want to eat, they think like, oh, so you just eat pizza and ice cream all day long. <laughs> when it's like, no, that's your version of that because you yes. restrict yourself. When you yes. stop restricting yourself, I actually want to eat nutritious foods and and take care of myself and I and I that I don't restrict myself in any way and it's taken me a hell of a long time to get here but uh, I'm happy to say that I do really truly eat what I want to eat mm-hmm. and I move my body how I want to move my body I don't have a set workout or training routine ever I listen to my body and do what I feel like doing uh, which which also means knowing when you're being lazy and when you yes. really need a break. <laughs> because <laughs> totally. if I say only work out when you feel like it, then I would never ever move. Um, <laughs> so um, so it's really truly understanding what you want for yourself in this moment, what's best for you, and really just making good decisions that feel good, that don't bring any negativity into your mindset, and you know that. I feel like I'm just rambling now, but I think you- (laughs) I'm loving it. I'm like, keep the ramble going, Mia. You go, you go. Uh, (laughs) But yeah, that for me, that's that's what it is. I'm just trying to honestly take care of myself and my weight goes up and down all the time. I don't weigh myself, but my body changes all the time. And it's really like, you know, I suffer from anxiety and sometimes I lose weight because of it. Or, you know, sometimes I just won't, do any exercise for a month and I'll gain a bit of weight and that's okay. It's, you know what I mean? It's also understanding that every day doesn't look, need to look the same. I just want to summarize some of the things that you just said. So the first one that I heard was really starting to respect your body. And I I love like what you said was finding a sport that challenged you where you had to learn a new skill and where you had to trust your body and where you had to work with it. But this could really be anything. It could be a mindset shift. It could be uh, really leaning into a skill that you have, your creative side, something that your body allows you to do. Another key like TSN turning point would be not restricting what you eat, which I know is one of the scariest things for people who are struggling with food because we live in that space of restricting and then feeling like we lose control. So when you decide to stop restricting, it feels like I'm going to lose control and eat everything, which might happen for a second. But if you continue down that path, your body starts to trust that it will be fed and the lack of restricting will start to slow. Imagine almost it's like a pendulum swinging, right? A pendulum swinging back and forth. And when you're restricting, you're really pulling the pendulum up on one side. So it's going to swing far in the other direction. So when we really allow it to stop that restricting, it's never going to swing as far in the other direction over time. Oh, that's such a good way of explaining it. Oh my God. I love that. I mean, it's very, that was the hardest thing for me is I just did not feel like I could trust myself to let myself eat. That was like the most challenging part of the journey. And now being on the other side, I can say it's the most important part. And then, as you said, it's a process of recognizing our body is going to change and evolve and it's going to go up and it's going to go down and what I call listening to your body, tuning into what you need. So all of those are some really pivotal steps, I think, in um, overcoming that battle with food and your body. And your story is just such a testament to how this works. You've come out with a book now and you're currently in Thailand. Tell us all about your book first. 
<laughs> um, I do. I have a book coming out. It's coming out on October 20th and it is yeah. a memoir. So it's the story of my life. And um, it's really focused on um, my eating disorders and really honestly just this transference from self-loathing to self-love. It's my journey of you know, really how I developed a lack of respect for myself and my body and how I, you know, spun that around and really went on this journey of self-love and self-acceptance that I'm still on, that we're all still on. We will always be on this journey. Um, and yeah, and it's, you know, it's my life in a book. I can't believe that it's happened. And honestly, it's so weird. I still don't really feel like it happened because I am in Thailand and I'm so removed from everything that's happened with COVID. And mm. I feel like I'm just at home and, you know, outside of my house, there's a book that's coming out, but right now, you know what I mean? I just feel <laughs> so like isolated and removed from everything, but oh, yeah, apparently I have a book coming out. <laughs> we're going to be celebrating it. I cannot wait to read it and we'll make sure that we link to it in the show notes so that everybody can grab a copy for having me on and for continuing to have these conversations with women. I think they're so important and so needed right now. So thanks oh. for doing you and all thank that you, you do. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you so much. All right, everyone. If you enjoyed this episode, please take a moment, take a screenshot of your phone, share it on social media, tag at Raw Beauty Talks, at Mia Kang. I know we will definitely regram your post. We will repost it. <laughs> we will share it. And um, also you can always copy the link and send it over to a friend or a family member that you think might benefit from it. I know so many of us know women and girls who are struggling with this kind of thing. So sometimes just hearing a story can uh, really help support those that you love. ever feel like you're struggling through motherhood? You're not alone. I'm Erica Jossa, host of the MomWell podcast, therapist and mom of three. Join me each Wednesday as I sit down with guests, including psychologists, pediatricians, psychiatrists, fertility specialists, lactation consultants, and more to unravel the myths of motherhood. With expert advice, practical tips, self-love, and some coping skills to help you along the way, you can become the mother you want to be. Listen to the MomWell podcast at momwell.com slash listen or on your favorite podcast platform.